Thank you for joining us for another night of Dungeons & Dragons. I am, as always, your host and Dungeon Master, Kenny. We have, starting with us tonight, just our uh, three party members with uh, our paladin. That would be me, Michelle, playing Bork. Our, cl- our cleric. That's me, Hayden, playing the dwarven cleric, Ogden. And our monk. Uh, that would be me, James, playing the monk, Tension. And so we are down two party members tonight. However, uh, one or both of them will be joining us uh, here not too far into session. Um, so we decided to not not have session. So here we are. When we last left off with our party, they had just uh, cleared some clouds above Yalzar Minor and could see in the distance the floating island that they knew was their destination. Now they had heard uh, from... From a from the what was it from from the library? No, or the king. That's right, the king. Told you guys. Yeah, I, I I do. It's written down somewhere, which means to say I didn't remember it. But never mind that. Um, it's like their ghost or something like that. Yeah. The the king of Detroit told you all that that was your destination and that it was a floating island populated with Arakoa or uh, bird people. And that uh, Silphid was was in their employ. And uh, so, yeah, you guys can see the floating island in the distance. Uh, it is still probably several miles away, but you can see it. Is there any preparations you'd like to put together before you arrive? Um, we've been resting for a while, right? So our hit points are all back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, bear in mind, several days had passed since the battle with the Sunderer. Um, nothing comes to mind for preparation right now. No, I'm, I don't really have anything to prepare. Yeah. Did anyone have, um, spell shifts that they wanted to? No, I pretty much got my basic spells that I can usually keep. Okay. I gotta say, having access to the light domain is pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but... I nearly doubled my spell capacity. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So, um, <clears throat> well, all right, you guys continue on, uh, at guiding him towards the floating island, mm-hmm. but when the, the floating island is maybe just over a mile away, um, Prim is immediately surrounded on, by all sides by maybe, um, let's call it 30 or so, Arakoa fighters. Some have bows, some have spears. Um, they do not have their weapons primed or aimed at you, at, at, at Prim or you all, but they are sort of flying around Prim, and th- at this point Prim has sort of looked back to you all like, uh, you all want to handle this? Um. Oh, really? Ogden yells out in first in common and then in Sylvan, hoping that they understand at least one of those languages, okay. and says, We come in peace and merely wish to land upon the floating island. Um, to which, to, to that yell, um, mm-hmm. you seem to get a reaction out of common. Sylvan seems unnecessary to you. Okay. Uh, the bulk of the 30 some uh, Arakoa. 
fly into a mass ahead of Prim and sort of all like sort of gesture for Prim to stop. Uh, do you all tell Prim to stop? Well, they clearly don't want us to proceed, so yeah, I, I would uh, advise that Prim do as they say. All right. So Prim stops about 40 feet ahead of this mass. I mean, and there are a couple of Arakoa that are just sort of like around you all and, and around Prim's position, but like the vast majority of like 25 of them are in this mass in front of Prim. One of them, who has slightly shinier and prettier armor, flies forward and beckons to to you all and says, Might I approach whoever rests upon the dragons? Yeah, she's fine. She won't hurt anybody. Um, this much well, more decorated... I'm sorry, get some folk? No, I was just essentially going, well... <clears throat> Unprovoked. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so the Arakoa flies up to the Liaman's tiny hut, um, and says, uh, to who I may be speaking inside of this dome on this back of a dragon, I am one of the captains of the militia of my people. You will not be turned away. We are honestly a touch intimidated of your dragon. We think that we could take it down, but we would lose many, and we value every life. We will escort you to the floating island surface, and if you are not in need of your dragon once you land, we ask that it leave the island in the name of keeping things peaceful. At this point, Ogden's going to... Uh, we can pass freely through the uh, through the tiny hut, right? No. No? no. Okay. So... Ogden will say, yeah, absolutely, that sounds fine. Let's, let's uh, land and talk it out. Uh, the Arakoa seems a little overjoyed at that and sort of claps his feathered hands together and says, excellent, please allow us to escort you. And to which he flies back away into the mast that then sort of seem to spread out and flock around Prim uh, and begin to fly forward. Okay. is going better than anticipated. He didn't immediately get shot down out of the sky again. <laughs> I don't think that would have done them much good anyway. Yeah, well, poor Prim did just get bitch slapped by the uh, you-know-who. So, <laughs> so uh, you all are escorted after a fashion by these Arakoa warriors, and they lead you back to the floating island. You can see better now, uh, most of the floating island seems to be uncivilized, like unoccupied space. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be one or two bustling little hamlets or towns, uh, but honestly, there's plenty of almost wild-like space on the island, um, and plenty of uh, farmland as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, you are all brought to one of the edges of the floating island uh, and prim lands where all of the Arakoa have landed ahead of her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she lowers her wing and allows you all to disembark. Right. Points, I uh, make a point to say thank you very much for your service, Prim. We will call you once we need you again. 
she sort of bows and turns around and like takes a few steps back and then leaps back into the air. In Please her... don't get arrested again. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey. so at this point, I'm going to turn around. Uh, no weapon or anything brandished or anything. You got to kind of clap his hands together. Like, all right, well, thank you for allowing us to land on your beautiful floating island. The same uh, adorned Arakoa approaches your party again, and he sort of, with his arms spread wide, sort of gently bows clearly. That's some sort of customary thing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he thanks you for your kindness and your willingness to turn from violence. Uh, he explains that the Arakoa know little of the ways of, of most peoples, however, are always impressed when kindness is shown to them. Uh, the, he then continues, he, he asks you and introduces himself properly. He, increase, he introduces himself as Zantu and asks how may he or any of his people be of service to you or simply what is what it is that brings you all to their land. Well, I am Ogden. This is Tenchi, Bork, Vin, and... Kamagar, and we are questing to help the uh, spirits of the crystals. We come to this land because we've been informed that Silphid is taking residence here. Whether we are uh, misinformed or not, I cannot say, but this is the best thing that we've had. The Arakoa uh, captain sort of nods an understanding and says, Silphid, we do not know a being by that name, but I have an idea that I know who it is you seek. We simply call him Wind, for he is that. That sounds fit the description that we know. Uh, Uh, Can we meet with him? uh, Meeting with Wind himself would be a challenge for you directly. I've... I should probably direct you all to my elders, and they would want to meet with you to make sure your intentions are pure. I don't deny that they could be, but forgive me for not overstepping the boundaries of my elders. Oh, absolutely. Gotta make sure you are protected as well as we are, right? Please, if you would not be uh, naive or, well... If you would like, we can bring you to our village. Absolutely. Um, to which point, um, one Arako- two Arakoa to each of you fly, sort of walk up to each of your sides, and one on either side of you grab your arms, and then they hoist you into the air and fly you a- across the tree line. <laughs> I'm flying! I'm flying! This first time for a dwarf. Well, I mean, we were just riding on the back of a dragon. Right. This is a little bit more intimate, I feel like. <laughs> just don't look down, I guess? At this point, I think Hawkins used to it. <laughs> anyway, the, this this flight doesn't take long before you are flying above a, again, a pretty modest in, uh, in, in technology, but pretty impressive in size of a village um, with a, uh, a small pool of, or like a small pond uh, at the center of it. And uh, you are, are let down in the, se- in the center of the village. 
and the the Arakoa that have escorted you at this point um, sort of bow and go back to their normal way of life, uh, except for the captain who has spoken to you a couple of times. He approaches you once more uh, and says, I will seek out the elders. Make yourselves at home if you wish. We have some traitors in our midst, but I doubt that you would find too much of what our traders would offer to surprise you. But uh, I will have someone, a messenger seek you out when I know that the elders want to see you. But until then, make yourselves at home as best as you can. Well, traders. Uh, Ogden is in desperate need of a new shield, so he's going to go that way. Okay. Tess is probably just going to go sit by the pool. Okay. Not really a whole lot. Maybe just people watch for a while. Yeah. I mean, people watch you more than you watch them. Um, you're not, obviously, you're, you're not, like, alien to these people, but, I mean, there's, a, there's like, a handful of non-Arakoa in this village outside of yourselves. So, there's, like, a dwarf, a elf, a human, but, like, you're a new human, so that makes you really interesting. So, like, a lot of kids are, like, like looking at you or, you know... You're not made a spectacle, but you feel a lot of, um... Eyes. Yeah. Right. He stands, like, at least two feet above most people. <laughs> well, Erica are pretty tall, but still. So, uh, just from a mechanic standpoint, do Erica have six limbs? Two wings and two arms and two legs? Um, I believe they do. They have, uh, wings, arms, and legs. Okay, so they're, like, replacing Rapcoin from 3-5. That's very interesting to me. So, all right, sorry. Sorry for that side. Continue, please. No, you're good. Um, I'm actually really curious now, so I'm going to check. Yeah. I, I know there was some weird, like, humanoid parrot-type uh, race in uh, in 3.5, but they specifically had um, legs that could be used both as uh, hand and not, but they did not have uh, actual arms or anything. Yeah, here we go. That's what the Monster Manual shows in Erica. Oh, yeah, that's... That is exactly what Rapture used to be. Interesting. Yep. Okay. The Arakoa are six limbed beings. Alright, neat. Anyway, so uh, the the a little bit of time passes. Um, was anyone else well I guess Bork, were you were you going off to do anything in particular? Um Bork would probably just follow Arden. Since armor and weapons, but not really expecting to buy anything. Okay. Yeah, Ogden doesn't have a whole lot of money to sling around, but he needs a shield. Mm. <laughs> he needs money more than Alright, so uh, let's handle a little side note with Tenchi before we go to your uh, sure thing. merchant stuff. So. Okay. You are sitting by this sort of communal pool. You see several people over the course of your time there sort of approach, uh, look at you a little weird, like, who is this person? But they have a pail and fill it with what is clearly sort of a well for the for the village uh, and, and take it back to their homestead. Uh, many, most of the homes in this town are made out of some sort of like adobe-like structure, like they're clay and uh, red-colored. Primarily. Um, but, you know, not really much else happens to you, except 
a, a couple of Arakoa children with um, surprisingly developed wings for obviously being young uh, mm-hmm. approach you, um, and they don't seem to speak very good common at all. But they, they, what you can discern is, is game, game, and between the two of them, they have like this, almost looks like a, a ball of hay that's been matted down so it's dense, and they like throw it between each other. Okay. And so, so I'll, I'll stand up and go, okay. The two of them immediately take to the air, about 10 to 15 off the ground, um, and Every you notice that every time they throw the ball to each other, the other person has to hold the ball still while the other person flies up or down or farther or closer away before and then puts their hands back open wide and says something that you can only interpret as throw. So it's sort of okay. like a pass a passing game. And after a couple of uh, exchanges between the two of them. One of them holds the ball. Lo- looks like they're going to throw it to you. Okay. Uh, do I have, based on what I've seen, somebody about to be thrown to? Are they the ones moving? No. Once you, yeah. So when you're going to be thrown to, you have to move, and then you put your arms wide. Okay. I'm just gonna burn a key point and jump as high as I possibly can into the air. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah. So jumping is, I'll take a running jump for me. That's a five foot move. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what the uh, math equation is for that. Let me find that real quick. Do 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 do. Movement in position, being prone, dash, no, uh, goddammit. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Movement, there it is. Uh, high jump, uh, when you make the high jump, Three plus your strength modifier, uh, so three plus two, that's five feet, uh, times two, I can jump upwards of ten feet in the air. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can jump upwards of ten feet in the air. Okay. Okay. At my max. So you jump ten feet in the air, mm-hmm. and then the 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 Arakoa children sort of like sort of seem to like squawk in like surprise, mm-hmm. and th- the one that has the ball throws the ball at you. All right. Do I need to make a dexterity to catch it? No, you catch the ball. Oh. It's a it's a small hay ball being thrown at you by a toddler. Believe it or not, you can pull your fucking shit together to. To I mean, grab he has it. to put, like, arrows, but this is not an arrow. <laughs> it is still a projectile, though. That's yeah. true. Um, but, uh, to that, when that happens, you know, you grab it, and then you land, um, the, the kids fly down, um, at your feet, and, like, 
are like sort of just being children. They're just they're just loud and excited, and they've never seen someone without wings, you know, jump that high in their life. And uh, one of, like they just like sort of dancing around you in like children like praise. It's a cute little moment. <laughs> so I land and just like uh, throw. Uh, one of them puts their arms up. And, I uh, toss it to him. Yeah. To you, get it to him, but not enough to like accidentally hurt him if he doesn't catch yeah. it right. Uh, it, they catch it and sort of giggle and screech and uh, fly away the whole time. And you can see a couple of the adults of the village have noticed your little interaction and seem to sort of... The mom seem to smile and or maybe giggle a little. And one of the men folk see you and sort of give you like an appreciative nod and smile the only way a thing with a beak can smile which is not which is not (laughs) uh but overall that you seem to be pretty approved of for for engaging these children and then impressing them so yeah anyway uh going back over to ogden and fork we're off shopping yes so you find that there is a couple of of uh there, you can hear the singing of an anvil before you f- see any signage to dictate that that building is a blacksmith. Um, but you find, indeed, that it is a blacksmith. Um, and uh, it's just a simple building with you know an anvil and forging station out the side of it. And you can see an Arakoa um, hammering away at, uh, at, at, at some manner of spearhead. Uh, does he acknowledge us at all as we walk in, or...? Yeah. Well, when you walk into the building, there's another Arakoa behind the counter who um, is actively fletching arrows when you when you walk in. Yeah, okay. And that Arakoa responds to your presence and says, Oh, hello! Well, forgive me for being so uh, underprepared. It's not often we see new faces, much less faces that don't look like my own. Welcome. Yeah, I'm probably one of the first dwarfs to, uh, well, one of the first dwarfs to step foot on a floating island. I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm in the market for a shield. What all have you got? Well, judging by the rest of your armaments, the shields that we would have would probably find you a little lacking, but they will protect you from anything sans dragonfire. But here, let me show you. And he sort of walks out from behind the desk and points to a couple of shields that they have. And that... The assessment that you were given is pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. None of them are made out of metal the whole way through. Most of them are uh, wood shields with metal bosses. So, right. would it do you good? Sure. Would it stand up to dragon fire? No. Uh, I just need something because my left hand's not trained to do anything else. Right. But, uh... <laughs> but um. Yeah. That's a joke you might be able to get away with on Cartoon Network these days. Yeah, right. Nah, wait back then. You know working and stuff on Nickelodeon Cartoon Network. Yeah. Oh, so who's to say? Well, I mean, some of the fucking shit they got away with in, like, Samurai Jack and shit, man. Like, they had some pretty adult jokes in that show. I never watched it too much. Like, I saw the first maybe dozen episodes, and it just... Okay. That's a very oh. solid assessment. It's it's a perfectly okay. I really like it. A lot of people are really big fans, but 
it's only an adequate show, really. Uh, I like that they got a revived. Anyway, um, so he offers to sell you one of the shields for eight gold. For how much? Eight gold. Oh, absolutely. Is that just a regular uh, two AC? Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. Plus zero magic. You know, nothing <clears throat> like that. I am all about that. That brings my armor class up to twenty again. Yep. Okay, fantastic, and eight gold. Yeah, that was a lot more affordable than I thought it was. Yeah, well, I mean, according to the player's handbook, a shield is ten gold pieces, so... Yeah, and this one's mostly wood, so... It yeah. might last me a couple of battles, I assume, if, if I'm, like, using it to its full potential. Mending, dude, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, mending, of course. Yeah, um, cantrips. Anyway, so, uh... Yeah, uh, it's... He offers that they are much finer craftsmen, him and his uh, business partner, when it comes to anything that you throw, can thrust with, or shoot from a bow. But as you can see, we have some armor and some other shields, but again, really not our forte. Many Arakoa fighters prefer spears or javelins or some manner of bow. Well, that's absolutely fine. I My shield was just recently destroyed, and I need something. Otherwise, I, I'm a sitting duck. So, thank you. This, this is more than adequate. <laughs> uh, he seems sort of overgraced by your, your kindness on it. So, he he asks if there's anything else that you or any of your friends could be helped with. On, and if uh, not, have a wonderful day. That completely unrelated from shopping. Uh, tell, tell me about uh, the Arapoa like community. Do they have a uh, chapel? Do they worship particular deity or anything like that. Uh, I'm asking this all in character so that sure. I can get to the chapel and learn about that. Right. Um, if they're in the, the, the blacksmith, or I guess the Fletcher, who you've been talking to, um, he seems a little leery of sort of just getting into that. Um, but he, the shorthand that he gives you is more like, well, we do have a place of worship, but to, if you ask most Arakoa, me included, we praise the air, the sky, the openness of, that it can give you. And Generally, when you find an Arakoa at prayer, they're a hundred feet off the ground. Um, <laughs> entire sermons are sometimes held in the air. Um, so, It's okay, Bork, you can just throw me. Yeah, but he says that if you have any real religious inquiries, that any of the elders are often very happy to talk in length about it. So I'm sure you can find the elders in our village. They generally wear long, earth-toned robes and look a little grayer in the feather than most of us. Okay, well, thank you for the information. I might go and uh, see, see what, the, what I can learn from you all. It's around this time that uh, Tenchi, while you're probably sitting back down at the pool, um, a short, middle-aged Arakoa of brown feathers approaches you and says, the elders are ready to see you now, and he points to a building um, that is only slightly more adorned than the regular buildings. Okay, let me go gather my friends first. Yep. Um so as you two leave the blacksmith slash Fletcher's, a young uh, Arakoa flies down 
and lands in front of you and says, Oh, the elders are ready to speak to with you all now. And he points to the, the direction of the same building that the one that pointed for Tenchi's benefit. Oh, perfect. We will head that way. All right, you and, you and Tenchi can pretty much see each other, so. Oh, okay. Wave, acknowledge each other, going that way. Yeah, let's go that way. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to take a fiber. Uh, I need to... Okay. All right, so, uh, quick little break done. You guys walk up to, in your sort of group again, um, to, the, to the front of this not really distinguishable building from all the other ones around it. Like, it seems pretty much just like everyone else's home. Uh, so th- there's there's not much of a door. It's like a curtain door. Hmm. That, that's it. It's just there. It's barely open. Um, How do we knock? Do we knock before we enter, or do we just go in? Don't ask me. I, I'm, I'm not there. Oh, I was asking Tenchi. How, how do we knock? Mark <laughs> just kind of walks past both of them and kind of peers in through the, the curtain and asks can we enter. Uh, so you see before you, when as you go to that, say that sentence or that question, mm-hmm. is a pretty modest abode. There's obviously a pantry and... You know, a table and some chairs, but there is a, also a hearth, and um, there are four uh, gray-feathered uh, arakoa sitting around the fire, talking and gesticulating thoroughly while they do so. But to your question, they all turn around, and um, one of them sort of nods and says, Ah, uh, yes, our guests, please come in. And all four of them rise and... By the time the party sort of gets the gumption to walk inside, the the four Arakoa inside are all up and standing, and some of them are coddling cups of tea or something like that. <laughs> I, I gotta sit here. You gotta do the rest. <laughs> Greetings, says Ogden. The, the four Arakoa, uh, like you had seen before, sort of open their arms wide and gently bow. Uh, and say, yes, please, uh, come, sit at our table. And the two of the other Arakoa elders go and grab more chairs and place the chairs around the table so that there's uh, enough chairs for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm going to carry himself over to the table, hold that chair, and uh, sit down. The the four elders sit on the opposite side of the table from you all, and okay. one of them sort of whistles up towards a side door and says a name. Um, and obviously the person who is that name uh, comes in is a much younger Arakoa, and that person comes in and stands at attention to the table. So... The, the sort of attendant stands ready at the table as uh, the four Arakoa sit down, and you are all sat, I assume. Okay. Uh, they, the, the, the one that has been doing all of the talking at this point um, asks if there's anything that they can get for you. Tea, soup, 
anything that you might want to food or drink was. Uh, Tea and soup would be nice, please. Oh, now oh, well, I'm here. So, uh, the Arakoa takes your orders and goes and prepares the tea and soups that were requested. Um, at this point, the four elders turn to you all and say, So, we've heard that you came to us on the back of a dragon. You have our, you have our attention. What are your intentions? Uh, well, we mean no harm. We are actually only here on behalf of the spirits of the crystals. Uh, we've been informed that the being we know as Sophid is known to you, perhaps going by the name of Wayne. And we've been told that we should talk, speak to you in order to get an introduction to that. There seems to be uh, a little bit of quiet muttering amongst a couple of them. Uh, and around this time, the tea and soup is brought. And uh, the elder, one of the elders sips their tea and then says, well, as representative to the faith and religion of our people, I suppose it is I that you should speak to. You see, we are all divided into different tasks, us four elders. And he sort of seems to introduce the four elders. The, that is our elder of agriculture. This is our, our elder of our military. I am the elder of our faith. And that is the elder of our relations. But it seems to me, and correct me if I am wrong, that it would fall under my purview to handle this. But is that right, other elders? And all three of them seem to unanimously agree that it falls within the jurisdiction of the elder that's already been speaking to you. It's a little bureaucratic, but whatever. So, uh, he continues on and says, yes, we have given the name Wind to who you call Sylphid? Yes. Uh, the being known as such actually is why our villages fly on the wind. It was he that rose our lands to the sky and it is he alone that keeps them there. I suppose that answers another one of my questions. How long this uh, floating island has been here? Because I've never heard of one before. So, interesting. Is there any way we can seek an audience with the uh, way? We, the people of this island, would not mind, but I must know what it is that you intend to do with wind. I assume you're here to take him from us. Yes and no. We wish to restore him with his other half. Whether or not that means that your island will return to the ground or not, we do not know. But it is our hope to restore the crystals to their full power. Most of, most of the elders at this point seem kind of resting their heads low and a little distraught. Uh, to, to which the elder of faith again sort of chimes in. 
I'm sorry, but I don't know if I can set that upon our people. You see, we did not just praise wind like a god, and we did not simply fan his ego or call him master. Wind did this for us to save us. For you see, we Arakoa share the great plains of Yazal Minor with the gnolls, the bugbear, and other beast people that walk upon two legs. And while we hold our own ground, sure, we are not simple farmers to be ran amok upon. But ever since we've taken to the sky, as is our purpose, to be as close to the sun as we can, we have had no better time of bounty. And I don't know that any of us, my elders, my people, would want us to risk losing Silphid or wind and knowing ourselves again to walk across the ground alone. Kenji leads into Ogden and says, I think we should just tell them the truth. You're uh, welcome to turn in, Kenji. Go right ahead. Whether or not it's measured as taking Silphid from you, or wind rather, it's so much as giving him back to the world. And without the reunited crystal, no bugbear, no null, no falling cataclysm from the sky, such as your island coming back to the ground, will measure what will come if we don't succeed in our task. We will, unfortunately, consign you back to the earth until such time that you live among the clouds again, but that may not be for generations still to come, generations that will come because we have succeeded, because you allowed us to take this thing from you to give it back later in the future. The Arakoa, who is, who is introduced before as the elder of the military, um, sort of chimes in and says, well, what would you, what offer, would you us offer us if you damn us again to the plains? How would we protect ourselves any better than we already can? Orc chimes in and says that he'll pledge his sword to defend himself. And after we restore the crystal very dull, we'll task that I have. So damning you to the ground, he will help protect your, your clan as best as he can. Kenshi further goes into his coin pouch and pulls out his favorite coin from the brother's heart. It says, give this to any representative of the Hart family from Yalzar Major, or uh, from, uh, wait, what's that island called? What's the continent called? Uh, Verde, the yeah. continent of Verde. And they will honor this coin with any favor. Tell them it is from the, those who stop to restore the crystals, and whatever favor you need from them, they will give it to you. No question asked. Um, as you say the, the, the brother's heart's name while holding the coin, you feel the coin vibrate. Okay. And then in your head, alone tension, you hear... This is a representative of the Hart family. What is your favor? 
Ooh, yeah, man, it's just your favor today. <laughs> I don't have a favor right now. I'm giving the coin to somebody else who needs it more than I do. Well, do you know what they want? A safe place to live. Ooh, that'll be <laughs> hard. It's sitting on this favor for a while, and I think it's time that I cast it in. Yeah, right. But not for me. Hmm. Oh, we can send a militia. No. They need a safe place to live. To settle down and raise their families for generations to come. Because anything less than that is damning them. I'll talk to the hearts. Please do. Harvey kind of, uh, throws it out that, you know, even with Silphid leaving, there is no, um, there's no guarantee that this island will go back to where it came from. Maybe we can work with uh, Silphid or Quinn in order to move your entire floating island to a more desirable location, away from gnolls and bugbears, so that they are not a problem. How does Verde sound? Or even to like some mountaintops or whatnot. I imagine a uh, vast wide uh, mountain ranges might be uh, at least of interest to uh, to an entire clan of Aracor, uh, right? At this point, um, the Elder of Faith sort of takes the floor again and says. Allow us to deliberate. You have given us much to think on. Give us only a few hours. We will make a decision and send a courier to you to come back. Fair enough. You shall be around. Thank you for your consideration. You're welcome, outsiders. Okay, so you guys leave? I take the soup and the tea with me because I'm still eating. <laughs> yeah, this is probably the first time that us uh, rescuing the crystal actually detrimental to survival harm another uh, other beings. So I think that was kind of the. Uh, I think he was saving it specifically for this. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, actually, I'll be. Whoa. I'll be totally transparent. Um, all of the interactions for each of the spirits I wrote down at the beginning of the campaign, they are all planned at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I mean, obviously I scaled the encounters to be in appropriate difficulty in terms of combats. Okay. But, like, how you guys got from one place to another it was not planned and... I mean, when I say I planned the encounters for each spirit, I mean I wrote down like a, a sentence of a of a like a of a backbone that I wanted it to go with. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys do anything while you're waiting for the elders to deliberate? Tension goes back to the pool. Yeah, I'm gonna take out his shield and then like start doing. Muscle exercises to see how it feels, kind of just for uh, for its weight and whatnot. Inspire a bit before. Okay. Um, not very long passes before 
um, a courier approaches you all and says that the elders are ready to see you again. You go back to the same building, and uh, it is again not the like, the door is just a you know the curtain again. Alright. Uh, yep. Of course, please come inside outside us. Alright, here we go. I put the empty bowl and cup on like a side table. <laughs> the uh, the elders almost look like they haven't even moved uh, from the table. Um, and the, the elder that was introduced before as the elder of relations stands up and says, Please sit down. We have deliberated long and hard, but we have decided what we will do. Once you guys are all sat, uh, the elder sits back down, and and he, that one continues and says, It has come to us, the council, and we have voted with the following plan for you all. We have decided to let wind, in all of its fancy that is its nature, decide the future. We will have you meet wind and you will speak to wind directly and whatever wind decides will be the fate of our people Arden says that he appreciates that this is not an easy choice for for them to make and greatly uh, appreciates their consideration at which point the same sort of uh, servant to the elders, Arakoa, comes out and bows to you all and says, I will be your guide to come and speak to Wind, if you would follow me. At which point, that Arakoa leads you outside. Uh, and it's maybe about an hour walk towards the center of the island, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And sitting upon a large pillow in the middle of a, of a clearing amongst a lightly wooded area sits what you have seen or what I showed the party before to be to be Sylphid. Sylphid looks very much like um, a sort of pudgy, like aquamarine-skinned genie-like person. You know, like the slightly curved shoes, uh, the kind of belly and um puffy cheeks he has uh like gold or yellow pants um and despite being sat upon this pillow he seems to be flying just above it uh and opens his eyes from meta his meditative little trance he was in when you arrive and he takes a big deep breath which puffs his stomach and chest out a moment and then a big exhale and he goes hello who are you well, why do I suddenly think that this is very much like a catacomb from uh, Mountain Wonderland means the genie from Aladdin but yes um, Ogden waves and says I am Ogden Hartbelm these are my compatriots does Bork have a last name? Bork doesn't have a last name. Okay. 
Well, these people have called me the wind itself, but I am merely the master of it. My name is Silphid, but I am sure that since you have traveled this far to come and see me, you most likely already knew that. Plus, you smell like my brothers and sisters. What? I showered. This is very true. We are here to aid in reuniting the halves of the crystals, and you are the final remaining piece. Makes sense. So, what is it exactly that you intend to do? Have me well, leave? Well, that is entirely up to how you and your sister, I believe, Lumina, if I'm not mistaken, Correct. Uh, decide to interact with this uh, reform. Uh, the way the way I understand it is that you leaving would cause some issues for the Arapoa people here. We do not wish to do that. So I'm wondering if there's any way that you can uh, secure their island in a different location than where it originated from, set it down, and then rejoin your sister. I could potentially, but I'm not exactly convinced that I want to go and do all that. I've become quite a hand at doing what I've been doing. It's fun, you know, to sit here amongst the clouds, feel the wind that I am of itself blow against my skin, and, well, not to be proud, but these Arakoa seem very... Well, they feel very highly of me. And while I do not owe them anything, they owe me everything. Indeed. So let me pose this question to you, then. Could you still remain here and maintain your power over the island if you were to rejoin your sister and form a crystal? Of, well, that depends. The crystal's power is of immeasurable levels, but it only has a limited range. So, if me and Lumina formed the crystal once more, and it was where I stand, then, yes, the island would stay as it was. Bogdan goes ahead and says, uh, Lumina, would you like the opportunity to speak with your brother? He kind of offers up his own, you know, body to, mm. uh, to her influence. Sure. Uh, yeah, Lumina takes takes that opportunity. Um, Lumina seems seems to sort of hold on, huh? Never mind. Uh, yeah, Lumina takes the opportunity to control and speak through you. And you all see sort of Ogden's eyes shrouded in like a white, fiery light uh, to denote that. And Luma speaks to Sylpha directly and says, We have to do our duty. 
It is our job, our purpose to keep this world intact. And I know that this has been lovely for you. And some of us had not so lovely opportunities, but you need to come home. You need to do what we must do because the bad one is coming again and we need, and everyone needs to be ready for it. Silphid sort of responds, well, if we stay here, then the Arakoa have to protect us. And do you think they can do it? And they sort of seem to go back and forth a while. Uh, they start, they slip out of common and go into their own language that no one fucking can understand. Um, or cues to that. The words are coming from Ogden's mouth. He doesn't even know what's going on. Correct, yeah. Uh, Is Ogden aware of uh, everything that's transpiring around him? Yes. uh, Yeah, you you are aware, but not in control of your body. Okay, makes sense. Um, uh, Sorry, hold on just a moment. So, the two spirits seem to be just going back and forth for some time. To the point where all of the other spirits manifest themselves and seem to continue to speak towards Silphid, trying to convince Silphid to come back and and take charge of of their duty. But one by one, the spirits seem to get frustrated and vanish. Uh, And then, after Lumina leaves you, uh, Ogden, you retain control of your body. Uh, Lumina even fades away. And Silphid turns back to you all and says, at this point he's all puffed up and looks a bit larger than he had been before, and says, but I don't want to leave. This place has been lovely to me. But I know that I must. Damn you all. And at that point, Lumina sort of comes out of your guys' being and flies into Sylphid. At such point, the two of them fuse together, and a gi- the giant crystal that is the crystal of air is plunged into the earth of this floating island, and the floating island stays floating. That's great. We're going to have an escape scene here pretty soon. But, uh, the moment that the wind crystal forms and does that, a beat later, you hear a noise that sounds like the bells of Ragnarok. Just an echoing chime that echoes through the air, and you can feel it in the ground. And a beam of light shoots out from the top of the crystal of the wind. It's like a like an off-violet, sort of whitish beam that pierces the clouds and flies to the sky. That's new. Um, and the, Ar- the Arakoa that was with you, seeing that, flies up into the air and looks in like three different directions and comes back down and says, What did you do? There are three other beams of light. I think that's the crystals resonating with each other. The door this is not something we even expected. The door is opening. Do 
Don't you remember? No, don't you remember that the crystals, when they are fully formed, will open the door to chaos? Like what? Honestly, you need to start doing your homework. Clearly. We were... Neither do I, but homework. Uh, Michael, the skeleton back in Detroit, made special note in his in his logs from the last 500 years plus of crystal conflict that when the four crystals are restored to power, that they open a doorway in which we will go through to fight chaos itself. Well, it's go time then. <laughs> mm, not quite. Maybe. I don't know. So there are only three of us, that's all. Right. So what do you all do then? Well, I think it's safe to say we at least go back to the elders and say, Alright, well so you guys are now the uh protection of the wing crystal. And your island's still floating. Alright, so you guys head back to the village? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At this point, the elders are all outside, and... Hey! Hey! Hey, there she is. Hey, it's been... The Halfling Pocket Warlock. Yeah, the Halfling Warlock has arrived. Literally. Pocket. So, we're going to take a quick breather, and um, we're going to catch uh, Lauren's character up to what has transpired. We'll be right back. So, um, Vin has been caught up as to what's transpired, and you guys had just gotten back to the village when the elders sort of looking at you ask, what happened? What did you do? So we got good news and we got bad news. And? Good news is that uh, Lumina and Tilted have joined the return to the Wind Crystal, and they are staying on this island. Bad news the good news is you are now the guardians of the Wing The other good news is that your island won't fall out of the sky. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I feel like that's a, that's a uh, suitable compromise, right? It will be the only option we have, it seems. Indeed. Very well. We will defend the crystal to the last feather. And and with that, uh, the elder who has defined themselves as the elder of the military sort of grabs a horn from his belt and calls to the clouds, uh, in which less than a moment later, over a hundred Arakoa warriors are at your are at your presence. And uh, the military elder says, you know, relays that they are now the defenders of the wind crystal and that there should there should be construction put to immediately to to protect it. And many of those Erico warriors fly off to go and do exactly that. I gotta hand it to the armies and their discipline in this world. Pretty impressive. It's almost like they're trained to be dis- disciplined orderly soldiers. Yeah. Hey. Political commentary. Hey. Anyway. So, the elders look to you and say, what else can we do for you, or do you feel that we owe you? I don't believe that there's anything that anyone owes us. If anything, we've, uh, we've kind of 
force this upon you, but by the same uh, by the same notion, we are in the process of you know fixing the uh, issues that befell the crystals previously. So we don't have a whole lot of choice either. I, I feel your pain. So, uh, with that, I mean, at this point, you guys are uh, able to see the, uh, like, open sky, where before you were in a wooded area. Even though it's probably on the other side of the world, you can see the, 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 the vestiges of beams of light all across the, the, the skyscape, three of them precisely. One is blue, one is red. One is green, and then the one coming out of uh, the crystal of wind, uh, the crystal of air, is that like violet white. All right. Okay, well, essentially, you seem to remember much better than I do. Uh, oh, it looks like we lost Lauren. Just your visual. Yeah. Right, do you want to hold a minute, or do we want to keep going? Let's hold just a sec. Alright, so we're back. Hey. So did uh what what is the plan for you guys now? Well I guess uh we need to go to the uh point of origin of the four beams, right? Right. No, the point of origin is the uh the four crystals. We have to go to wherever they're making that doorway. Yeah, yeah, where they all intersect, right? Right, yeah. Okay, yeah, that. Which they do. Well, they, uh, you, you guys can see it, and it seems like it's some sort of black circle miles and miles and miles and miles away, but it's there. You can see it. It's a little spooky. All right. Well, now might be the time to use some of those favorite tokens and whatnot. Okay. We really haven't done anything here to warrant us being fired, so... So, yeah. Let's just call Karen. Get out of Yep. Alright. This is the least amount of time we've ever spent in a single place. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. <laughs> yep. Well, that was easy. Bye. Alright. Yeah. So, you guys um, call Prim? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, we tell the people there first that we're calling our dragon back. Okay. They're not, you know, surprised. Uh, I think that no matter what, you're always going to be surprised by sudden dragon. Yeah, right. Further surprised by sudden dragon not eating anyone. Right. Okay. So, uh, it is now. Uh, see, the moment you guys you guys get on prim, prim, you know, leaps to the air. The moment you guys leave the, the island, you hear Silphid and Lumina's joined voice ring in your mind. And you say, do not think that we have forgotten. Your blessings of the wind are now upon you. As of now, the following benefits affect the players. <laughs> Yay! Good boy. Uh, first we'll do with the with Haman Karn, since he's not here. Common Karn, if you take the attack action with your bow, you will sprout luminous wings. And as long as you attack 
with a bow every round, your wings will stay upon you. So you just you have a flight speed equal to your normal move speed every round as long as you attack a target with a bow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Tenchi. Mm-hmm. At the cost of a key point, you can elect a location 15 feet from you in any direction and costing t- movement speed to cost movement speed cost for you to go from that location to that lo- from your location to that location costs you zero movement speed. Okay, so it's essentially a short range teleport. Right, but you but you you're not teleporting. You're still. No, I get that, but yeah. in terms of mechanics and how it functions. Yes. Correct. Uh, for Vin. Mm-hmm. You gain the ability to cast Chain Lightning. Once between each long rest. Okay. Ogden? Yeah. You gain the... Um, do you have Volo's, Volo's Guide to Monsters? Uh, yes, downstairs. I can go grab it. Okay, don't, you don't need to. But right. under the uh, Azamar... Uh, char- uh, character race. The Protector Azamar subrace have an ability called Radiant Soul. Mm-hmm. You now have that. Alright, interesting. So, uh, what is it? You can use your action to unleash your, the divine energy within yourself, causing your eyes to glimmer and two luminous incorporeal wings to sprout from your back. Your transformation lasts for one minute or until you end it as a bonus action. During such, you have a a flight speed of 30 feet, and once on each of your turns, you can deal extra radiant damage to one target when you deal damage to it with an attack or a spell. The extra radiant damage equals your level. Once you use this trait, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. And for Bork... We're going to the monster manual. Oh boy. Where are you now? Um, do you know what a deva is? Um, I'm pretty damn sure because Amy talks about them a lot. They're the, the half uh, angel thing, right? No, there you go. <laughs> that and we definitely came across one at a recipe. That's correct. Yeah. It was the silver snow. Oh yeah, I'm very remembrant of that because you don't forget a thing like silver being worked into your anatomy. Right. So you have gained the uh, protection of a deva, and as such, whenever you smite a target. Not only if you smite something, do you do your normal damages, etc., but you deal an additional 1d8 radiant, and you gain movement a flying movement speed equal to your regular movement for an amount of rounds 
equal to the level of the spell slot that you used. Okay. So you smite at third level, you gain three rounds of flight. And could you normally uh, smite with ranged attacks? With what attacks? With ranged attacks. I don't think you can smite with ranged attacks. No. You, you can now smite with ranged attacks. Oh, fun. Oh, boy. I do have javelins. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, pick one of your javelins. Huh? Just pick one of your javelins. Okay. That one now has... Uh, returning on it. So whenever you, you throw it, hit or miss, it will return to you. That's cool. Nice. Thank you, thank you. Alright. So those are you guys' Blessing of the Wind. You guys are leaving the floating island. And, uh... You got... Oh, shit. I totally forgot the second half of fucking Ven's Blessing. As a one-day ritual... You can cast Control Weather. Ooh, interesting. Nice. Now, like I said, it takes a full day for you to cast it, but you can cast Control Weather as a ritual. Okay. Alright. So, do you guys fly towards the portal that would end all time, or do you guys have some uh, last minute things to take care of. I want more soup. <laughs> um, I know Ogden's probably going to want a better shield, not necessarily the one he has now. Yeah. Unfortunately, I cannot afford better shield, so I'm pretty much going to have to go with what I got. <laughs> no, but I have a favor for the Dwarven King. Ah, save your favor for you, man. It's cool. I bet. Thank you, though. What am I going to use it for? <laughs> so I don't mean to meta your guys' experience for the evening, um, and I'm sorry, Lauren, but unless you guys have any side quests that you want to conjure up for yourselves, there's nothing really else that I want to get into tonight. If you guys make your way towards the portal of no return to the last boss, then that's where we're going to end it tonight. Um, I didn't have a chance to do any shopping, so... Right. <laughs> Let's go shopping with Ben. Okay, you, you guys want to go to the great city of Yao? Because it's coincidentally just beneath the portal? Sure. Because, uh, I mean, Yao that... really does have bad luck when it comes to crystal shit, doesn't it? Meh. So, um, before, uh, you mentioned uh, I could have two scrolls from the dead librarian dude? Yes. Um, they were, they had to be necromancy? Yes. And I didn't remember what the level constraint was. It was based off of a roll that you made, and I think I limited you to fourth level. All right. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Um, can I have, um, scroll of agonizing smite? <laughs> yeah, sure, let me I look. I have two sliders in the party. <laughs> and I 
Hmm. Actually, let's see. Where's, agon make, where's Agonizing take, Smite from? What? Where's Agonizing Smite from? I just looked at um, 5e Necromancy spells mm -hmm. and put them on the list. Hopefully it's not over. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the problem with, like, the internet. No, it's <laughs> it's it's probably just from uh, one of the other splat books. So it's fourth level necromancy spell, um, range spell, casting time one bonus action, um, sends waves of pain through your weapon, um, deals an extra five d eight. Um, in addition to whatever your weapon normally deals. Um, where are you getting that from? Are you getting that from the D&D wiki? Yes. That is a homebrew spell, I'm afraid. Okay. You see at the bottom there it says uh, home e, e, 5e homebrew spells paladin. Shoot! Yes, it does. Sorry about that. Okay, never mind. I don't know what I want yet. Okay. All right. I would like some. Um. Are there any potions that give temporary like hit points or something? Um. There's. Yeah, I mean, you. So basically, potions can have the effect of magic spells attached to them. So you could definitely have, like, a potion of false life. Uh, let me see what false life is exactly, because it sounds like it's perfect for that, but I, I'm not actually sure. I believe false life gives you temporary hit points. Yeah. False life starts you temporary. Yep, bolstering yourself with necromantic femicile of life, you gain 1d4 plus 4 temp hit points. Yep. What level is that? First level. First level. Do you want two potions of false life? Alright, go ahead and consider them two potions of false life at fourth level. So it casts it basically imbibing this imbibing the potion casts false life on you as if you cast it at the, at that level. So it's one D four plus nineteen. Whoa. Alright, so is that is that my scroll for the uh, necromatic? Yeah. That, that's fine with, with me. It could be a scroll, it could be the potion, whatever you care for. So, does anyone want to stop by Yao real quick and do some last-minute shopping before you walk past the one-way door? Does anybody want anything with that gold? Tenshi would like to go home. Oh. Yeah. Tenchi, you said you want to go home? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Visit your home one last time before we all, uh... Mm-hmm. Could... That's actually a really good idea. Okay. Alright. Uh, fuck it. We'll, we'll, I, I will give each player a request, and we'll start with Tenchi so the rest of you can think about what you want. Tenchi, your one request is to go home. So you guide Prim to 
the island that you came from. Okay. And uh, do you have a map of that island before I make any assumptions? Um, no, it's generic, small, Asian Pacific, uncharted map kind of style island. Okay. Uh, the only notion of it in written documentation is the one I put on the heart map. Right. Okay, so you guys arrive, and Tenchi like, is excitedly like jumping up and down like, that's it, that's it, that's the island, I wasn't making it up, you know, it's right there. Uh, and Prim takes you down, and it's exactly as you remember it. It, it. Other than a couple of clothing lines with fancy clothes on them that you didn't recognize before. Uh, and that, that's a callback for long-time listeners. Hey. And yeah, it, you guys arrive at this island in the middle of fucking nowhere. So, I guess when we get there, uh, Sister, who would be very, very, very confused as to why there's a dragon landing on there, and then probably even more confused as to why I'm getting off of her, and then the dragon also turning into a person, um, would probably be more or less, so are you done? Not in reference to my grandiose entry, but more in the fact that this whole thing started with Tenchi having to go on his his general understanding of the world kind of set forth and become a man right. quest thing. And unfortunately, the only answer I have is no. And she is notably perturbed because she's been on that island by herself for a year, very lonely, and she's not terribly good at hunting. Well, she hasn't been alone for the whole year. She tells you of a big ship that came and that you had done a good turn by some heart people and they had brought her fancy clothes that she now wears. I see that. But overall, it's a very heartfelt moment between the brother and a sister and everyone else is like, doll. <laughs> but in the spirit of having guests in my home, as I have learned from other people who we have visited, the only proper way to welcome them is with food. Okay. So you so guys... Tenchi, yeah, yeah Tenchi dashes off into the woods and comes back maybe five minutes later with a rather large deer. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. it decided this shape hole in its chest. Uh, I mean, as you've gained the ability to do. Yes. Because I can probably outrun most animals at this point. I mean, yeah. <laughs> how, how many and key points? Punch them to death? I mean, it was either that or a hunting trap, and I don't have time to put out a hunting trap. This just seems faster. I mean, it's probably also more humane if you put your fist through something's skull to the point where your fist is where its brain was, versus it <laughs> wrangling around and struggling in a bear trap for two hours. Mm. The alternate to this was you just hear the sound of an epic WWE-style power bomb, a big cloud of smoke and dust coming out from somewhere in the island. The whole island shakes. The right. whole island shakes. And Ogden is the only one who goes, ah, he's hunting again. Just imagine there's like a mushroom cloud of sand. At animal parts, yes. Right. Alright, so, so you guys have a lovely meal in the home of someone that you've traveled with for a year now. It's kind of surreal. It's a real quiet before the storm, you know? 
And we can spend as much time as we're allowed here. It doesn't have to be like a short dinner thing. We can probably spend the night here if we wanted to. I can't imagine that would have been a short trip to the front. Not really, no. I think this is uh, just... We're, we're allowed to do one last thing that our characters would want uh, before we go off. We can do the final fights. Yep. Alright. But while we are uh, not moving and jousting around on the back of a, uh, a dragon... Arjun's going to go ahead and write out his resume. All right. <laughs> Turn it into the, uh, into the guards of Delver Day. <laughs> Wait, uh, Delver Day or Yao? I'm sorry, Yao. Yeah, yeah the, the big city. Right. You could probably well, do, we're going to be going there. Yeah, I was going to say, you could probably do that like just before you guys leave. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Go there and then maybe uh, stop around and see if we can find like, a much better shield or get the one that I have enchanted. Sure. Um, alright, so you guys, uh, you guys have a lovely night at Tenchi's home, and the next day there's a heartfelt hug and a part watching a brother leave his sister again to go off and save the world. It's it's adorable, and then credits roll. Um, (laughs) that's the season finale, it's the season finale. Um, so who has, uh, requests? For their for their character. Or Vin, anyone? Um, we don't have to go through it, but I imagine my character would have like whatever constitutes a five star dinner and just like quietly like read by a fire or something. I don't know. So just a a quiet night. Hmm. Uh, I imagine that you could have... Yeah, alright. Bork? I don't imagine Bork really has any family and doesn't really have a life since he was a soldier before. So, he doesn't really have any requests. Okay. So, to... From uh, August Pocket Hobbit Card, he yells out, I need answers! Right. And and, uh, and the, to which to what end he is given uh, a small piece of paper that just says answers answers on it. <laughs> fucking character art complete um to do to the uh, so since Bork doesn't really have one uh, or if you just need more time um to fulfill your final request then you guys travel to um the great city of Verde on the lake of Verde of Del Verde because it was close to the island because that tracks. Uh, it's the closest destination, yeah. Yeah. And you guys are able to um, find yourselves, you know, you take a night, then you, you find the nicest restaurant that money can open the doors to. It costs you 100 gold, but it's the best fucking meal you've ever eaten. <laughs> sure. When you're about to die, whatever. Uh, you eat a little thing. Yeah. Uh, you know. I mean, or we become, like, the most badass heroes of the whole world, and then, like, what have we done? Exactly. You so, become that restaurant's official sponsor. <laughs> yeah, the sponsorship deals roll in. Yeah. Hashtag not an ad. Hashtag could be an ad. Hashtag Verde pay us. Del stakes payment. <laughs> All right, so yeah, you have your you have your night. Um, you you, t- you turn to your party that you've 
again, you journeyed a year with these people. I mean, maybe you didn't like all of them that much when you first met and you were thrust into this divine path in front of you, but you love these people because you know that they love you. They've, they've covered your back. They've saved you from the brink of death. You saved them from the brink of death. You guys are hardened and, and, and got a fucking bond, the likes of which not even the most titular things can sunder. And so with that, you turn to your friends and say, I want a night for me. I'll see you guys when the morning rises and you come back to them and they welcome you and, you get back on Prim together, and you're off. Abort no last requests? Nope. Well, with that, you guys fly back to the... hero death. Yep. You, but you could potentially get it. You might get it. You might get it. Uh, you guys um, fly to the walls of Yal, so Ogden can put in his resume to the guard. Um, and one of the guardsmen recognizes you when you come in and say, and he says to you, Hey, uh, you're not those folks who dealt with the darkness, did you? Yeah, that was us. My captain wants to talk to you. Really? Well, they say you don't. I've got some other guy. They do. Uh, <laughs> the guard takes you to one of the one of the captains of the guard you recognize. Um, and the captain, you know, salutes you as you enter his office and uh, says, so I heard before you left town someone, some uh, shadow walking person with a name that I can't remember. He shares his name with a lot Aurelius. of other folks. Aurelius. Says uh, that you thought you might join the ranks of the guard. Does that still stand true? If I come back from this next adventure, yes. I would like to become a guardian of... Uh, uh, he, he extends his arm, his gauntleted arm to you and grabs your hand and says, Would you come back and you knock on my door and I will gladly get you a suit of armor and your own battalion to lead. You've done the world a service and it should be no small feat for me to have to do one for you in turn. I greatly appreciate that. And uh, he looks at your shield and says, you're going to go save the world with that? That's what well, I said. last night I destroyed, so I was actually coming here also to do some shopping. Well, considering that the, there's probably only one world-threatening threat going on at a time, and if you're going to go handle, you're gonna handle this one, I'll take the next one. And he walks over to his personal armory and hands you his shield. Oh boy. He hands it to you. Um, he introduces himself as Gortuk. Alright. Gortuk shield. And uh, it is a magical plus two shield. Oh. Um, that has an enchantment on it that I didn't write down, so give me a minute and I'll find it. And uh, he... Shakes you, takes your hand once more and gives it a proper, like, hard shake. He goes, now don't you go dying on me. I want you to be able to give me my shield back. It would be my pleasure. He sort of gives you, like, another firm handshake and smiles and nods through the visor of his helmet. Bids you to leave. Oh, that just saved me a ton of money. <laughs> that, take him again and, uh, 
to save the world. Here we go. Yeah, you guys climb upon Prim for probably the last time, and she flies up toward this surprisingly small black hole in the sky of the world. And as she flies up towards it, she says to you all, this is probably goodbye, and dispels the uh, Liam and tiny hut off of her back and, like, bucks her hips up and catapults you all into the sky towards the, the portal. And that's what we're in tonight. Bye, Bram. Thank you for everything. So I'm. Uh, I hope her name is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. That's how the party dies. Not with a climbing field, but with gravity. Yeah, the high tax. Yeah. So that's where we'll end it tonight formally, but bear in mind, you guys. You guys do level up. Oh, boy. So, um. We will, uh go ahead and close up the session for tonight, but then we can, I mean, I know we ended really early. I'm sorry this is a short, short session, but uh, I didn't want to start what happens next uh, until we're in person at the next session, the last session. It's been a long journey. Thank you guys for playing with me. Thank you guys for listening to, the, to this whole adventure. Uh, the fact that the first of these sessions got like zero to four listens to where we've gotten now is it's it's uh humbling so thank you for sticking with us uh i am as of uh, always and for only one or two more times more and your dungeon master kenny and my party is uh our warlock lauren playing vin our monk who seems to have stepped away from his mic who what? Our you? monk. Oh, sorry. No, I didn't actually hear anything. Oh, that would be me playing uh, James playing Tetsy. Our paladin. Or maybe Michelle playing Bork. And our cleric. And Hayden playing Ogden. Thank you for sticking through. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.